Hello, friends, and welcome back to the KPC Sports Profile. I'm Alex Alvarado, sports editor for the Herald Republican in Engel, Indiana. And in today's episode, I have J.D. Collins joining the show. J.D. Collins, uh, he graduated from formerly known as Tri-State University in 1983. And since then, he's been officiating everywhere from high schools to D1 college games to a Final Four back in 2008. This is all true. And he officiated for 19 years. And he was one of the best in the country. Um, obviously, he did a Final Four thing. But knee injury kept him out uh, in 2009. So he said, screw it. I'm going to be a businessman and a politician with this. And I'm going to be the NCAA's National Coordinator of Men's Basketball Officiating, which he still is as of 2015. And, you know, it was really, really awesome meeting him. Really cool guy. Extremely patient, too. After the games, I had to talk to both of the coaches and there's so much going on, especially with Taylor Cole, her last regular season game at Hershey Hall. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. He was extremely patient for me to finish up my business so I could uh, talk to him while everyone was uh, still cleaning up and the arena was getting silent. So it was really, really cool, and I'm glad that he stuck around. And this is a really cool interview, and not just because of this, but also because of this, I really hope that I get the opportunity to talk to more officials, especially at the high school level, because officials are kind of cool and they have a different perspective to all the games, obviously, because they are the ones who are responsible for being the least emotional during the most emotional moments. So it's, it's really cool and it's really, uh, really interesting. And I really hope you enjoy this. So I'm going to stop blabbering and let him blabber for me. All right, and I am here with J.D. Collins. Uh, he, an hour ago or so, got inducted into the Shrine University Hall of Fame, uh, Class of 83. Um, but you know, more, you know more about yourself. Say, uh, what, what's, what does your resume say? What are you doing now? Well, I'm the national coordinator, uh, NCAA national coordinator of men's basketball officiating, which means I am responsible for teaching, training, developing uh, officials across the country, all levels of NCAA basketball, one, two, and three. And then I'm also responsible for identifying, selecting, and advancing the NCAA, the 100 NCAA tournament officials. So that's what I'm doing now. And it, it led uh, me getting to that position, led from being a businessman and also being an on-the-court referee for 20 years. Where does the businessman part come in? I was uh, uh, graduated from Tri-State and went to work for a company called Hartford Concrete Products in Hartford City. Okay. And there I worked in engineering, sales, marketing, VP role, and in the last 10 years, uh, from 96 to 06, I was the president and CEO, and then we sold the business in, in uh, 06. Okay. Now, and you were, and you became the head honcho of all of college officiating in 2015, 2015, was, right? May of right. 15, right? Right, yeah, yep. and then uh, you replaced a guy that was there for a while. Seven like, years. Seven years, yeah, yep. it was 2008 when yep. he was there. Um, what, what was what were some of the things about officiating that that you that you had in mind that you're like okay now that it's my ship uh, you know there's some good things I like but there are some things that we ought to change that college basketball already deserves what, what maybe not like what were all those but uh, what were some things that you were able to accomplish so far that you're most proud of well I think there's several uh, focus points number one most people think officials are bad people they call the call mm-hmm. against your team I want to ask about that later yeah um, and one of the things that I have worked really hard at is communicating with the media 
whether that's in situations like this, radio media, TV media, the talent that are on television, to try to educate them about the rules and educate them why the official called what they called. And <clears throat> nobody sees a difference, probably other than me and the officials, but now I'm seeing you know, the people on ESPN on Tuesday night, they're using the right words with plays that happen. So their their information is more accurate, and when the fans hear more accurate information, then there's a chance that they'll have a better view of the officials. And long term, I want I want the fans to understand. Um, you know, these are guys who have full-time gigs. Uh, they're refereeing. They're really good at what they do. Their their call accuracy is 92, 93 percent. And trying to humanize, which is part of what this podcast is about, trying to humanize officials, but they're really trying to do a very good job. Absolutely, yeah. just so happens your team wears blue and this team wears red. They called more fouls on red than blue. Red's upset. And sometimes that's just the way the game flows. Yeah, and that's and uh, you, bring, you bring that up where, like, you want the accurate information with uh, like all across the board, and especially in my position, right. because, um, say, like, a, and this happened last night. Uh, some kid got he picked up his third foul uh, in the first quarter. Uh, but that whole game, uh, that kid's team, uh, that whole fan base was really angry. This team was on the road too, uh, and there was like you know there was some missed officiating and um, you know there were like definitely calls that that I disagreed with. And I'm, sure. I'm not a fan of anybody really. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. But but when I say that, I say he picked up his third foul, so he earned it. It's not. The refs made good calls on three fouls. It's, it's everything's just bad on them. Uh, how, so how much is that like a tr- true problem? Because I feel like there's like a lot of fans that don't really appreciate what the refs do. Because there's a well, lot of stuff that. First of all, fans follow their team, and so any call that's against them it must course. be wrong. Yeah. And officials don't care. We don't care. What color the jersey is? We don't care what, where we're located. We don't. We don't care. And so, we're calling what we see and trying to call it to the best of our ability according to the rules. And it's um, it's probably unfortunate that mm-hmm. they get a bad rap for that. But that's part of what we do. Yeah. Because um, the fans are just emotional. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And they should be. And, and an example, you know, we were talking about the media a moment ago. There's a game this week. Critical call happened, and the announcer said, "I think that's a cop-out call." So I get, on any critical call that happens in a big game, I get texts, phone calls, emails from fans, from people all over the place. And almost every one of them use the word, well, those officials copped out on that play. They chose to do X instead of Y. All because somebody with a microphone spouted that out of their mouth. When, in fact, on that play, the officials did exactly what the rules called for. Yeah. So... Officials don't make the rules; they just enforce the rules, and so it's it's unfortunate. And that's just that's something that we have to work on long term to educate, inform, and train people to understand. Uh, long term, I'd love to see, you know, a podcast as an example, but stories about referees, stories yeah. about who they are. I, I'd lo- I'd love to talk to an official. Stories uh, about you know the, the real job they have, their family at home. Uh, the sacrifices they make to travel all over the place and you know provide two hours of adult daycare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's jump on that really quickly, because yeah. uh, and especially with the high school levels, because that's what yeah. my creators and listeners are most sure. sure. with. Uh, those guys are you know leaving their uh, they have their day jobs and they come and they 
donate their time. They don't make a lot of money. Otherwise, they'd be refereeing high school games full time. Right. Um, there, there is, you know, this is fun. I like staying in the game. This helps keep me in shape. Yep. Um, yep. Or I want to get in shape. I want to do this. And that's why they do it. They do it because they really love that sport. Yeah, no one's forcing. No one's forcing them to no. officiate. Yeah. Um, There's a passion there by those high school referees. You know, they want to get the they want to get the calls right. They want to be involved in a good game. Uh, there's a passion toward what they do, just like anybody else that you know is a school teacher and has passion about teaching school. Yeah. Uh, the same thing is true with referees, and, and you know, uh, unfortunately, they get a pretty bad rap, and uh, I, I think more highly of them than that. Well, how much training goes into even officiating in those levels, in the high school levels? You know, quite a bit. They're required to get certified by the state. Uh, many of them go to camps in the summertime to improve their uh, improve their officiating skills. They have to know the rules. Um, they take tests on the rules. They have local associations that they go to during the season uh, every week or every other week where you're sitting down talking about this play happened, I did this, what should I have done? And many times it involves the interpersonal stuff between a coach and a referee or a player and a referee. And they're constantly trying to improve what they do, mm-hmm. and um, I think that's good. I think it's good for the game. Now, how hard is that to do to like to stay into it? Because you're, I'm dealing with, or not me. I'm speaking on behalf of officials. Like I have to deal with these emotional fans that are always on my case. Well, like, you, you I'm, learn. I'm sure, you know. I probably screwed up here and there, but you know, it's it, it's it's hard. Like, why would I want to stay in something like this where it's I'm, I'm just only the bad guy? Well. But, but officials are wired differently. Uh, in order to be a good official, you have to be wired with pretty thick skin, and you know that you're going to upset 50% of the people on every call. And so you're wired differently to be able to accept that. And if you're in refereeing and that stuff bothers you, you probably shouldn't be in refereeing because it's going to happen every night. So we learn to tune out the voices and the comments and all that. You learn to tune that out and referee the game according to the rules and apply the rules correctly and do the very best you can. Now, maybe I was instru- like told about it differently, but um, I get the vibe where sometimes it, get, all games vary. They really do, especially like the rivalry, the rivals, the really physical ones where mm-hmm. they're neighbor, uh, neighbor schools or right, whatever. Right. Um, and things just get really physical, and at some points it's like, some games are more physical than others, and those physical games, depending on who's refereeing or depending on the circumstances, um, there's going to be more or less whistles blown. Um, and sometimes it feels, or the rumors are like, um, the referees aren't going too much by the rule book, but there's so much trying to like just have like a more controlled environment. Yeah. Uh, well, there, like, where, where's the balance of like? You have to call a game according to the rules, but in each and every situation, you have to judge what's incidental contact and what's illegal contact. And when a game is really physical, uh, there's going to be more fouls. Uh, one of the one of the quotes that people say is, "Oh, a really really good referee game is one where you don't even notice the referees." Well, if both teams are going to come out and foul 30 times, and it's just going to be a physical game. I'll guarantee you're going to notice the referees. <laughs> yeah. Because they have to call those plays. Yeah. And so I think it's night. Each night is different. One night you might have a team playing a zone against somebody that shoots a lot of threes. There's going to be no fouls. Yeah. It's it's just going to be limited. But if you have a game where 
both teams push it in the paint. There's going to be a lot of inside activity. You're going to have fouls all night. You're going to be standing at the free throw line all night. Fans want us then to go, oh, let them play. Well, if we let them play, they're going to get out of control. And they're going to, you know, that's when you're going to have fights. You're going to have people punching each other, and that's a referee's worst nightmare. So yeah. sometimes we're very visible, and sometimes we're almost invisible. And that really doesn't mean we did good or bad. Right. It's just what the game hands us. Yeah, and like when when those happen, especially or even just like in the more mundane moments, like there are times where something will happen, a whistle will blow, and like the four or three will uh, congregate and they'll talk about something and they'll have like a really sophisticated talk of like why something should happen and it's usually like a rule that most fans just yeah, have no idea knows. what's going yeah. on and yeah. that that's when I find it it's incredible yeah that's when I get really amazed um so here's like a, a weirder question <laughs> um has is it we is it different to watch basketball now for you do you enjoy it differently or ever since I started refereeing um I watch a basketball game differently than yeah. any fan. I'm watching the referees, I'm watching the position, I'm watching the physicality of the game. I don't have a fan's viewpoint yeah. of, of bias toward one or the other. I literally am watching how well my team, the referees, are doing. Yeah. And most referees, uh, successful referees, that's where they get to is anytime they're watching a game, you're actually watching something different than the game itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, like at like during the men's game, did you like at sometimes maybe forget that like oh that's actually trying and that's Alma like you know you don't get to that point uh, but you don't notice the really good uh, you know the really awesome dunk that everybody else saw yeah. because you're looking yeah it was a dunk but you looked at how did they cover that play and and were they in position in case a foul did happen and just uh, just a completely different viewpoint of a game. Um, you know, my wife is a fan of a particular football team, and I watch it with her. Yeah. But I'm watching the referees when I'm watching that football game, and I'm not even a football official. But I'm watching how they interact with the players. I'm watching how they interact with the with the uh, coaches. I'm watching how they how they move on the field and how they posi- position themselves differently to get a better angle on certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's something that gets trained in a referee's brain mm-hmm. uh, to to eliminate the bias out of the equation. Do does the does the height of the game change? Like, does, no. does, do they excite you any more? Like high profile versus yes, yeah. So if it's just like Duke, North Carolina, or one of those games, where as opposed to um, you know watching a game from your perspective, as if it's um, like Michigan, I don't know, Appalachian State. Right. Well, you know that that gets into when you're. When you're refereeing, you have to get up for every game because they're yeah. all important. I mean, at the end of the day, it's about the 10 student-athletes on the floor. It's about the 10 high school athletes on the floor. So, yes, you get up for that game, but when you when you work in Michigan, Michigan State, or an IU or Purdue game or, or whatever the big game is, mm-hmm. yeah, you better bring it to another level because they're going to bring it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, especially at the, at the highest level, um, we're talking about 18- to 22-year-old um, superstar athletes that can really go and can do things that we can't fathom, you and I. We're not capable of doing what they're doing. Um, and so you you better be ready to go at a higher level when you enter those environments. And the pressure and stress goes up with those from a coaching perspective. Fans are more, you know, you go to uh, Cameron Indoor Arena at Duke, you better have your A game going because that place is nuts. I mean, it is nuts. And so 
you do elevate um, your senses, if you will, your focus. Um, physically, you elevate. Uh, but really, referees should do that every night for every game. Absolutely, yeah. But you have to be able to vary that depending on the scenario. All right, I guess we'll end it on this one. Okay. Um, I'm a fan. I I love my son. I love this, the the basketball team my son's on. I love the school district. I love this and the other. Mm -hmm. um, and my heart's all into this. I, I love watching him, and I just don't want any bad play to go against him. Against him, him yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, good or bad, how should I How should you approach it? How should, Maybe, yeah. Yeah, maybe how should I approach or, it? Yeah. Or you were going to ask it a different way. What, what uh, question do you have? Actually, I really don't know. How, uh, how, do, you, how do you train yourself to... Uh, how, do I, how do I better understand referees? That, I guess that's pretty much well, what it all the, boils the, down to. And this is, this is really basic, but, I, but this is important. Most people think that we miss block charge plays, that that's the hardest call in basketball, blah, 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 blah. Referees are trained to watch the defense on those plays. If the defender is legal and there's a crash, it has to be on the offense. Okay. Fans not are taught, but fans watch the ball. So the ball's going around, they're watching the ball. You always watch the ball. You always watch yeah, the ball. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden there's a crash. You have no idea where that defender is at. So it's got to be a charge, right? Right. Okay. And so if you're watching a game, I think you should approach it from a perspective there are more factors going on than your um, able to comprehend, mm -hmm. just like I said about watching the defense versus the offense. That makes a big difference because if you start watching the defense and you have block charge plays, mm -hmm. your call accuracy, what you think is right or wrong, you're going to know better because you're going to know if the guy has made it to a spot before the crash happened or not. But if you're watching the ball... Right, because yeah. that's where most of the game is, away from the ball. Exactly. Um, we call a foul off ball on over here and the ball's on the other side, and everybody goes, what, what happened? I, you're watching the ball. Yeah. This guy got held. guy hooked his arm and held him, and he couldn't get across the floor. That's a foul. You have to open up your vision to see more of more of ten players doing something instead of one or two. Yeah, that's, that's actually a really good point. So uh, I'm glad we're ending on that one. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much for Nice to meet you. Thank yeah, you. Better meeting you. And uh, best, best of luck to you. Thank you so much. Much.